Y'all made me watch a Seth MacFarlane movie, and I don't know if I can forgive you. That's fair. Like, like let's let's start there. I'm America. I'm James. This is City Wave Cinema, and of all the things that you have made me watch, <laughs> of all the things we've been through in Together, this podcast as a group, as a unit, this might be the worst. I'd rather watch Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas wow. again. Wow, really? Yeah. Jesus. At least I laughed more than once. That's. I saw you laugh twice during this movie. I only laughed once. I saw it twice. Sure, whatever. Whatever. Doesn't matter. I knew you would hate it. I did that on purpose. I don't purposely put movies on here that you'll hate. I feel like you do, though. I don't. I put good movies that I genuinely enjoy and want to share with you on here don't look at that top one <laughs> that's not that's not gonna be good it's just gonna be bad it's it's not great it's it's gonna be a second iteration of a character assassination of emily blunt and it's not her fault anyways God that's damn it not what we're talking we're about talking about today. a million ways to die in the west yes a half satire half parody of a western I need to tell you up front that I hate Seth MacFarlane. That's Actually, true. my first note is I hate Seth MacFarfuck. Oh, wow. Because I really couldn't put enough effort into figuring out how to spell his name during the first note, and his name hadn't rolled by 80 times in the credits yet, um, which it does at the beginning of the movie. His name rolls by, like, a he good 10 wrote times. It. At least he didn't He wrote it, it, produced it, he directed it. Did he? Mm-hmm. Did he really? Mm-hmm. He stars in it. It's like Family Guy, but in the West. Who else wrote this? Alex Sulkin and Wellesley Wilde. He had three writers. One of them was himself. He produced it. He starred in it. One of his other writers is... Both of his other writers... Write Family Guy? Uh, no, only one writes Family Guy. Uh, but both of them wrote Ted and Ted 2. Of course they fucking did, because you know Seth works with the same people. Actually, everyone in Hollywood works with the same people. You find, like, your you clique. Get your, you get your group, and you just go. So that's like, I can't judge you for that. Oh, and uh, Seth MacFarlane wrote Ted also. Well, duh. He stars <laughs> in that one, too. I didn't know that. It's like Adam Sandler. I have not watched Ted or Ted 2. Anyways. But I have watched this. I mean, he voices the bear, James. I don't... I, I haven't watched those movies. We should never watch them. But um, I also hate <laughs> Western movies. That's a blanket statement, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I hate them. They're bad. They suck. They're the same story. I don't... I also hate the West, and it's all outside, and it's hot, and the scenery's gross. See, what's funny is you are Albert in this movie. You are Seth MacFarlane in this movie. Yes. You hate the West. You hate being here. You're mad that you have to be here, and you don't like any of it. Yes. It's very funny. No. It was so funny to me to sit there and watch you. I barely watched the movie. I just enjoyed the show to my right. A lot of it took was place on the couch. A lot of it was this face with here. Just disgusted entirely as she wrote notes on her phone. Was, she wrote how many notes? Not enough. I this wrote only like 65. 80? 65. Okay, that's not bad. And the first Four notes were, I hate Seth MacFarfuck, mm -hmm. I hate Westerns, mm -hmm. I like Amanda Seyfried, is that how you say her name? I thought it was Seyfried. And I love Neil Patrick Harris. How do you feel about Charlize Theron? 
She's okay. I've never been a huge fan. I also don't think she's as hot as you do. I mean, she's I mean, she's a, she's conventionally attractive. Not my type. Not my type, but conventionally attractive. Um and then my last my fifth note out of my 65, so the rest are real notes, but the fifth note out of these <laughs> 65 notes is uh I hate everybody for making me watch this. Aww. That's not real. I love you all. Um, Welcome to Arizona, 1882. Where... Oh, I'm sorry. There's one more note that says, I am not here with an open mind. Where Albert Stark is a sad sack of shit. But before that, we have this narrator telling us about what it's like to live then, and he makes a joke about Miss America in 1830. Oh, yeah. This is a real... 1832, and I was like, wow, we're starting off shaming women based on a appearance. real rough opening to this movie. It's not, this is not a good movie. Uh, it should be stated. Nothing Seth MacFarlane makes is good. I am not a fan of this movie. I think it's got some funny gags, but on the whole, this movie is real bad. It's real bad. Nothing he makes is good. It's racist. It's sexist. It's ableist. It's... All the ists. Is this one ableist? Did I miss a part? I'm just talking about Seth MacFarlane oh, Seth things MacFarlane in, in general. general. I have a Seth MacFarlane checklist, actually. If you can look at the camera, those of you who are watching live, there's little green check marks where I literally checked everything that Seth MacFarlane normally does in his stupid ass, not funny shit. I knew we were going to get a good America rant out of this episode. My other note is if we're going to talk about realism. We're going to talk about Western. I like that they made all the extras dirty. And the main cast was clean the entire time. Their clothes were white. Their faces were clean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make a lick of damn sense. So, like... This movie's fucking awful. Like, why, though? Like, if you're going to put... Go through the effort to put us in a Western town and, like, make your extras all grimy and dirty. Just rub a little bit on their face. I'm not. I'm not asking for a lot. But I am saying that that dude's ass at the end of the movie was so white and clean and in the West, that's just not how it's going to be. Ooh, Liam Neeson's ass? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very white and it's very clean. He's got a he's got a doughy white ass. And it's very clean. It's like disturbingly clean for an ass in the it's West. Like, it's like a modern day clean ass. Um, We aren't. And then we go through the first showdown. There are f- four. One, two, no, three. There are three showdowns that we watch in this movie. And the first one um, is not even five minutes in, and it gets us our first penis joke. Oh, it was so fast. It was so fast. So there's your first Seth MacFarlane check. There's maybe like ten more penis jokes in the whole movie. Not none even. Of them, none of them are good. This was probably the best one. It's like he makes like a shadow puppet penis show i don't know how else to describe that to you other than that's what it is a shadow puppet penis show <laughs> um oh fuck <laughs> you could that really tickled me oh man boy howdy um oh my other issue with seth mcfarlane is i just hear brian that's because his Brian is his speaking voice. Yes. Brian from Family Guy. Those of you who are blessed enough to not know that. 
um, is just Seth MacFarlane talking normal. We're gonna. I'm gonna make a drinking game out of this episode. And what is this drinking game that you are doing? Uh, every time you get to a Seth MacFarlane checklist, I'm gonna take a sip of brandy. Well, but you I got need to get a two. fresh glass. Yeah, I know. I gotta catch up. Right, coming up. So, uh, I. Here's the problem. I made this checklist, but didn't write down what happened for some of them. Um, but in that first ten minutes, now it's this is still in the. This is still in the uh, first. In the first showdown. Showdown scene. Um, we get an atheism joke, which is fine. I don't care what Did you, you get believe an atheism in. Joke? Yeah. Okay. I don't care what you believe in. I don't care if you believe in God or not. What I do care, and this is why I think South Park is infinitely better than Family Guy, and here's why. Seth MacFarlane makes fun of the same three religions. Jews. Christians. And Muslims. Mm-hmm. Now. Nailed it. I don't care. But if you're going to hit one... Swing at everybody. Hit them all. And don't miss. Like, I need you to make fun of atheists. I need you to make fun of Buddhists. I need fun of you. Like, just, just do all of them together. That's what South Park does. South Park doesn't... They swing at themselves. They swing at everybody. And they don't give a single flying fuck. They made a whole episode where they literally called it Cancel South Park. They did their very best to get canceled, but it didn't work because they're too stupidly funny. So. What was the atheism joke? I can't I don't... remember because I didn't write anything down. But then right after that, he uh, says the R word, which I will. Oh, where he, ta he talks about his sheep that has mental. Yeah. Yeah. He calls yeah. one of his sheep. Uh... Oh, so it wasn't in the shootout. This was all in the conversation with uh, Amanda Seyfried. Yes. Luis. That's her name. Luis. Luis. Louise, um, and then he could, does call one of his sheep the R word. Again, I don't, don't, it's a bad word to begin with, but like, it was a bad word then. That's, that's and two sips for me. He also continues to use that word, and this is why I don't like Seth MacFarlane, is because it's one thing to make a joke in the time when that, Jokes are funny, and at a point, that word was commonly used and commonly funny. You've made decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this time... That word, would, that word didn't exist in 1882. It probably actually did, but... Um, <clears throat> it's just not a good word. And in the time this movie was made, you could have picked a lot of words to say the same thing without using that one. Um, I will say, one thing I did like about this movie... Holy shit, there's a thing you liked? I liked things about this movie. I should have made the drinking game when you find things you like, I take a drink. Uh, there's not a lot of checklist items. You're, you'll be alright. Okay. Um, Oof. That brandy hit like a motherfucker. There is... Uh, we never talk about noises in brothels. <laughs> that's true. 
That's true. In a lot of movies, they like have like music, which isn't realistic. Like even in doesn't matter time period, there's like music and lots of noise and you don't hear the sounds of sex. Um, I really appreciate this movie for making me think about the fact that we have never heard the sounds and sex. Ever. It's true. So, there is at least one good note, is that this was at least a realistic brothel, because they, you hear the noises. Now, I, I want to get your honest opinion. Okay. Because I haven't been doing that? No, 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 no. I, I, I like unfiltered like no oh i'm on the podcast i gotta be like heated i want to know what you thought of giovanni ribisi's performance as edward in this movie who was that uh the guy who's dating and engaged to the prostitute it was all right i guess Really? I thought he was so good. He was not memorable and not one of my favorite performances in this movie. Sarah Silverman? Sarah Silverman. I have several notes about how fantastic she was. See, I feel like she was only as funny in this movie as she is in this movie because Giovanni Ribisi did a great a great counterpart to her. Eh. I don't know. I think I... Well, I already like him a lot because of some other stuff I've seen him in, but... I didn't care for his character, and I didn't care for his acting. I don't know. I think the young, naive, dumbass but it is was, so funny to it, me. It just, I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't, eh. Okay. Um, so, James is right. We're in this brothel, and we find out that, what's his name? Eddie. No. Ed, uh, what? The main character. Oh, Albert. Albert's best friend, Eddie, is dating Ruth. Who is the uh, best prostitute. She's apparently well-loved. She and, makes t- a lot of coin. Um, Well-used. Oh, that's a phrase. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> no, that's that's because of the vagina joke later, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, fuck me. Um, that was such a bad joke. <laughs> Hey, we're in the space of bad jokes. You're not wrong. It just is. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. Oh, man. So, um, <laughs> we find out that he's dating Ruth. Yep. And he's a sweet. James he's just a wrong. little sweetheart. He is a naive. He's a naive, dumb little sweetheart. I don't even know if he's a sweetheart. He's a naive virgin. Oh, yeah. oh infinite virgin. Um, the infinity they gauntlet They should have made the 40-year-old virgin about him. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and we get a little scene with them, and then we jump back to Seth MacFarlane's character, Albert, who is riding home, and we, they made this whole joke about the sheep who was called the R-word. She's on the roof for reasons. Um, it's because she's adventurous. And... Uh, we get to his house, and there is indeed a sheep on the roof. Sheep on the roof. Because the whole joke is that Albert is bad at everything that he does, and that includes being a sheep farmer, which is his profession. He he is a bad sheep farmer. He can't keep track of his sheep. And yet, all of his sheep are still on the farm, so... Yep. It's... It, listen. And they hide him very well. That's true. But they do piss on him. And they listen to him. When he they follow him to the fair, he tells him to go home, and... They do. The, this movie, 
every time I've watched this movie, I just have to sit there and think to myself that this is just pure dumbassery for the purposes of dumbassery. That's like, most. That's the only thing Seth MacFarlane knows how to do. But it, I, in doing that, it eliminates my want and need for an engaging story and interesting characters because all I'm going to get is dipshit all the time. And that's exactly what you get in this movie. In fact, I'd, I'm willing to say that some of the most interesting characters are... Charlize Theron's character is pretty interesting. Uh, Sarah Silverman's character is pretty interesting. Giovanni's character is interesting to me. And uh, I would have loved to follow the miner who was Plugger's owner before he was rudely evaporated from this world. I have a lot of the same issues I have with this movie that I do with Django Unchained. And that it it is purely not funny. I don't find things like this funny. And I cannot express to you why, other than it makes me feel stupider watching it. Django isn't a comedy. It's a satire. That therefore makes it a comedy. Django is an actual satire. This is a parody. Eh. Um. So Albert's been br- dumped by Louise. 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 Albert's been dumped by Louise. He's been shot at. He goes home. His parents are dicks. Um. And. He is depressed because he's been dumped, and that's going to drive... The whole plot of this movie is that he's pining after this chick who doesn't want anything to do with him, and we're going to follow that the rest of the movie. Here's the thing, too, is that Amanda Seyfried's character is not wrong. No. No, you should absolutely leave that dumb motherfucker. Especially in the West, where Albert it's like... sucks. Where it's like, survive... Albert sucks. You know who doesn't suck? Foy. Well, Foy sucks for other reasons, but Albert sucks a lot. And Foy makes money, and he owns a business, and people like him. So, there's a clear, like... You did not marry for love back in the day. You married for survival. You're supposed to be rooting for Albert here, but the problem is, is that Albert is an unlikable, unfuckable Seth MacFarlane. So I don't know why we had to add. You could have just said he was Seth MacFarlane. You're automatically supposed to be drawn into disliking Foy. And Foy is the most eligible bachelor in this tiny shit ass town. Even if he runs a silly business called a mustachery. Okay. It's Foy is the best. He goes to his friends and he's like, look at how happy we were in all these photos. And I will say... The photo gag is funny. (laughs) I will say the ongoing photo gag about not smiling in photos is really funny, but a little history lesson for you. That's a real thing. The reason people didn't smile in photos is because for a while Christianity believed that if you smiled in photos, the camera would steal your soul somehow. Um, So that's why people never smiled in photos back in the day. Uh... Plus, they also make a joke that you would have to smile for a really long time because photos take a long time to take. Um, 
but it did make me think about the fact that, especially in the climate that we're in politically, um, Christianity has had some weird, like, theories throughout history about, like, just everything. Um, and sometimes you sit there and you go, that was a thing that was widely believed in and enforced, like, at a weird amount. And it, like, dancing, dancing is sinful. Oh, yeah, you can't do that. Um, smiling stop that and photos. Uh, you can't, if, like, someone's about to pass away, you need to have open windows so their soul can get to heaven. Um, <laughs> otherwise it's going to get trapped in there. That's the Catholics, I think. There's a, the Catholics are Christians. Mm, not going to get into it. They're the first ones, James. You kind of have to get into it. So, anyways. Anyways, talk about the fucking movie. Um, we then go and meet, like I said. Well, we gotta go back to Louise. Well, I was still talking about his parents. Oh, before they go get fucked up at the bar. Yes, before, because gotcha. right now he's, gotcha. be, he's been in the depression and stuff. Yes, and he's sad at his house. Yes, and there's a fart joke that his dad has needle farts. Um, wait, wait, no, that's that's later. That's later. Well, there's a fart joke. There's a fart joke at the bar after they go to get that's fucked up. Probably where it is. It's like then. the miners are eating ribs covered oh. in hot sauce because they can't taste anything. Yeah, and they die of, from their own farts. It's the tone in the movie goes back and forth a lot between like pointing out real terrible conditions in the West and reasons why people have like loads of disease and bad things happen to them and stuff. And then proceeding to leave that mode and go into woe is me all the time. And it's not, I don't want to say lazy writing, but it's ineffective writing. It doesn't do what you think it does at all. Well, it there sucks. There's a fart joke. So take another drink on your oh, Seth MacFarlane checklist. Because um, we're really hitting all the low hanging Seth MacFarlane fruit here. Um. You might as well just Ugh. animate it, throw Peter and Brian in the Old West, and you'd have the same fucking movie. Just give me Stewie. Just let Stewie wander around. Um, Be hilarious. And then, James is right, we meet the old prospector who has found gold. He's found gold. For probably the first time in his life. Motherfucker did it. And he's so happy. And he's, and he's talking. Dog. He's talking to his dog that we're going to buy the dog nice things. A plate full of steaks, I believe it is. And it's just so sweet. And it's so nice. I have such a glimmer of hope in this shitty movie. And then Liam Neeson appears. And then Liam Neeson appears, <laughs> takes the old man's gold and kills him. Yep. And the dog is sad. Oh, and he's yeah. sniffing the dead he body. He whines and sniffs the body. Oh. And I just... <laughs> I don't, why was that necessary in this movie? Because there has to be someone you dislike more than Albert. Because, okay, picture this. You're Seth MacFarlane, so you're automatically suicidal. Um, but you you don't, you, you know you've written this character that's just wildly unlikable in this movie that you're going to play. But you also need to have a bad guy in the movie to make the plot happen. So you need to make him do something more unlikable than all the things that your regular character is going to do. He could have done a million things that did not involve making a dog sad. You're right. It could have been John Wick. They could have killed the dog. But they didn't do that. 
They just made the dog have a new owner. James tried to get me to watch the John Wick series with him, and I stopped immediately after that, and I One left. One movie in. She I left. Up. I left the fucking room. Yep. Because you, you, okay, if you're going to make me watch it, you got to at least warn me. They went and killed that dog. Like, at least, or start it, like, later. Start it later on. Start it after the dog dies. I don't need that. I have enough sad things in my brain. <laughs> um, Seth MacFarlane goes into a deep depression after they get drunk at the bar. He goes over to uh, Louise's house. Drunkenly tries to win her back through terrible drunken means. And does not succeed and then goes into like a depression where he doesn't leave his house for weeks. Um, Finally, Eddie comes to get him. Or shear his sheep. And that was the only time I laughed in this you entire did, you movie. You did giggle about the overgrown sheep. The sheep was really funny. It was really furry and floofy, and it ran into a wall. It was it was a good gag. It was quite funny. I did laugh out loud. And I, I thought I was going to count my laughs in this movie, so I did write one laugh. And then I proceeded to not laugh the rest of the time. So never mind. Um... And we get this weird conversation that repeats itself throughout the movie because that's the it's, other thing Seth MacFarlane does. Yeah, he's just long-running gags. He just likes to run the same joke over and over and over again until you want to throw yourself in a river. Um, And this is the first iteration of this joke where Eddie, Eddie and, and Ruth. Ruth are saving themselves for marriage. So they have not had sex together, but she is, as I remind you, a... Working sex worker in... She'd she be fucking everybody. Uh, she's the most popular sex worker in, in the town. Place. Um, And that's not, not how that works. This is not a good movie. That's, that's not how this works. I think that's kind of the gag. I get that it's the gag, but it's dumb. It is dumb. It's dumb on purpose. It's dumb because sometimes people want to laugh at dumb. Do you not feel less intelligent watching this movie? Does no, it not feel... make your brain cells literally combust? No. Are you one of those people that does get escapism enjoyment out of these movies? Like, it's just stupid for the case of being... It's like your scary movies and those dumb parodies where it's literally so stupid for the point of being stupid that it's funny to you. Is that where, is that where you are? I think... I don't necessarily get enjoyment out of this movie. Scary movie, all the scary movies are more up that alley for me. But this one in particular, because Westerns are near and dear to my heart, is not really that for me. But I understand how people could see it that way. But I, you know, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna default to one of these more mockery style movies as something to watch. When I want escapism, it it that it doesn't do it for me. But I I do not feel stupider for having watched it. I don't feel stupider for having watched Family Guy either. You know what I do feel stupider for having watched? King of the Hill. King of the Hill makes me feel dumb as hell. King of the Hill's also up there. I listen. I'm not judging you if this is like where you find your joy in life, and this is your brain candy, and this helps you escape the world that's fine like i'm you absolutely are totally 
allowed to enjoy and watch and consume whatever you want. That being said, I will tell you there are better things out there. Um, <laughs> we, in the course of this conversation, uh, get another Seth MacFarlane checklist, which is a uh, rape culture. Ah, yes. Which is another great trope of Seth MacFarlane. It's yikes. Super in throughout the movie. Um, as is, but just as an overall blanket statement, this was the first one. It was in that conversation about saving yourself for Ugh. marriage that we get the rape culture um, reference. Not That's really something that I'm not okay with still showing in movies in a way that's supposed to be haha funny, because it's not. And it's the reason that we have a rape culture is because we showed it so long in a like haha funny kind of way. Um, well, Eddie does get Albert out of his house, and they go to watch the, uh, ice shipment come in. Which is actually a great callback to the way that ice worked in the Old West. Yeah, I, I still have a lot of questions about the world in general and how we've survived as humans this long. Um... And one of those things that I now have on my uh, confusion list is ice shipping. And, like, just the whole system and physics and everything of that. Because, yeah, I, I got nothing. It confuses me. Um, I did call, though, that someone was going to get immediately unalived by the ice and they did they were smushed so fast oh yeah i was like someone's the gonna rope get... broke it was real quick i was like someone's gonna get smushed by that ice and then literally not even as i had finished speaking the sentence it happened and i was like well there we go again a lot of this is low-hanging seth mcfarlane fruit and it's really easy to just know what's going to happen before it happens um neil patrick harris is first of all Way too good to be in this movie. Second of all, he is amazing in everything he does, and I will hear no other arguments. Everything I watch him in, he is fantastic. I didn't think he was going to make a good Count Olaf, and he proved me wrong. So, after that, he can... Pretty much, he's with Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep was in freaking Mamma Mia, and she did great. So, those, those are two people who can literally probably be in anything, and they will make it worth the while of at least watching it. Um... We get this weird scene where we meet Neil Patrick Harris's character, who is, his big thing is he has a nice mustache. That's kind of his only character trait, actually. Is that Neil Patrick Harris's real mustache? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm going to see if I can find out. Like, did he grow a mustache for this role? It wouldn't shock me, but I am going to run through the Well, he uh, looks that up. We, first of all, I don't particularly like facial hair on men. Um, it's taken a while for me to get adjusted to this when it happened. Sorry. Um, I'm gesturing to James's beard for those of you who can't see. Uh, but the one thing I really, 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 really don't like is mustaches. Because I don't understand a world where kissing a mustached man is enjoyable 
And that's fine if that's what you're into. You do you. For me, I personally do not like it. I get angry when James's gets too long, and I don't let him kiss me as much. And that's like a standard fact in our relationship. Um, so Neil Patrick Harris's character is just a weird thing for me in general. Um, but in this conversation, they talk about all the things that Foy, that's his name, right? Foy? Yep. Foy can give Luis that Albert cannot. And one of those things is wrapped candies. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I bring it up is because I've never heard anyone say wrapped the way that they said it in this movie. Wrapped. It, I don't know what it was. <laughs> it wasn't that. It wasn't the way you said it, but it's the way they said the word wrapped was so bizarre and so weird and with so much emphasis in weird places that I just, it really was jarring enough for me to take a note about it. Um... Sarah Silverman is the best part of this whole movie. Her character and comedic timing are fantastic. I enjoyed watching every scene she was in, and I would much rather have watched a movie about Ruth, the sex worker, than Albert. Because, <laughs> literally, it was just... She was so perfect in being a naive sex worker. Like, she was just like, yep, this is my job, this is what I do, This is where I, this is what happened today. And the reason I bring it up is because we have another scene where Eddie is waiting for her and she comes down to see him in between her shifts. Um, and she's, she talks about something that a man asked her to do, which was to smoke a cigar while giving him a hand job. And, and ashing it on his balls. And ashing it on his balls. And she's like, can I even do all that? Like, she makes the patting your head, rubbing your tummy I mean, joke. am I even capable? And I was just like, <laughs> it was so good. She's See? Just, you laughed twice, motherfucker. I didn't laugh. No, but you laughed on the inside. No. I oh. just was, like, really appreciative. Damn. I was just really appreciative of her ability to perform that character. Like, it was just... So matter of fact, and yep. So, I have always enjoyed Sarah Silverman. I think she has great comedic timing, and I think she's a really talented actress. Um, I also enjoy her comedy, so... Patrick Stewart's in the movie. There were a lot of really great people in this movie. I have a note about it later um, that I will talk about. But there is a lot of really great people in this movie, even if it's for five seconds. Um, I don't know if it was actually his mustache. Albert Albert comes out. in to tell uh, Ruth and Eddie that he's leaving for San Francisco. Don't know why that's a big thing, but they kept mentioning San Francisco. Um, and in the course of that, we also get Anna, who is... The big bad guy, Clinch. Yep. Clinch. Clinch Leatherwood. Leatherwood's wife, who was sent here to kind of wait for him to go do more horrific deeds to He's people. Do train robbery. And then she'd come pick her up. So they come to the saloon to hang out, and Eddie, Ruth, and Albert are there. And then uh, the Clinch's friend shoots the pastor's son and starts a bar fight. 
And the whole bar fight scene is it's just an elaborate extra bullshit. It's it's the <laughs> dumbest scene in this movie. It's it's special. It just it's. Uh, I don't think it's the dumbest scene in the movie, but I do think it's it's. I dislike it. It's it's just so dumb. It was like we gotta shove a bar fight in here somewhere, right? Well, of course it's a western. You gotta have a bar brawl. And so they were like, everything's so over the top. It was just like, it felt jammed in there for no reason. Like, there could have been other ways to start a bar fight in this movie. and it That's just, the reason it felt like that. It just felt shoehorned in there. Um, and eventually, Albert rescues Anna from getting crushed by a falling balcony. And people wrestling on top of it. Okay, now, what did you think about the not real fight gag? Where Albert and Edward stand in the oh. corner and just shadow box close to each other. I thought they were going to do a lot of things when they were, like, get in position. And that wasn't one of them. I, I think that's maybe my favorite gag in the whole movie. See, I... <laughs> and then he actually gets hit. <laughs> He's like, you, well, you can't just put extra moves into the sequence. That's, that's why, why we, we have, have the, the meetings. meetings. Yeah, no. It's it, such a silly joke. <laughs> it just, it felt dumb. Of all the things they could have done, like, I would have accepted, like, eh, fighting versus, like, this. Like, I don't know how they thought in their meetings that they apparently have, and there's been multiple of them, so this is, like, a reoccurring thing. I don't know how this is the solution that we came up with. All right. So angry. Um, Anna and Albert go hang out on a rock, and he kind of, like, Trauma dumps on her about why his life sucks and struggles at, because the big joke is that Albert can't do anything, struggles at wrapping a cigarette and then she helps him and she takes some out of his cigarette and just dumps it on the ground and it just don't waste it. Like, that's good shit. You guys don't get a lot of shit out in the West. Like, at least put it back where you got it. Um... And then they have a conversation about how they're going to use Anna at the fair to make Luis jealous. Um, which is a good strategy. I mean, solid. It, it never seen, like really works out the way you want it to, in case you haven't watched every romantic comedy in the history of ever, or any sitcom. Um, but she is very confident in herself and her looks, and she says she has great tits. Me, personally, I do not think. Her tits are all that great, but not my type. Um, I did write that I wish I had her confidence, but if I looked like her, maybe, maybe I would. I don't know. Um. Now we gotta go to the fair. We did go to the fair, and I wrote a joke. There was a joke that almost made me laugh, but I didn't write the whole joke down. Oh, uh, what joke? Indian joke. Fucking. Yep. Uh. I don't know. So, there was a joke that almost shit. made me laugh. I don't know. And I'm part Native American, and it was an Indian joke, so it must have been pretty good. Uh. It's a shame you didn't write it down. I don't know which one. No. Never mind. Oh, I thought I oh, had it. Oh, was it because they were talking about how the in the last... Oh, was it the Indian joke where they're like... 
I don't I don't understand why they're so selfish about the country. I mean, we're basically splitting yes. half and half. Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. That, that joke's pretty funny. So that joke's joke, pretty funny. Yeah, they're like, I don't understand why the Indians are angry all the time. I mean, we're like we're sharing. basically splitting the country 50-50 with them. And I was just like, all right. They're so selfish. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. and I was just like, like I said, I'm part Native American, and that joke was just like. It's that... so absurd that you can't help but laugh at how absurd Because that's is. how people thought, though. Like, yeah. I'm I'm not joking you when that was, like, the mentality of, like, people that settled the West. There's another um, really good musical, if you... It's not very popular, but it's a really good musical called uh, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, and it is, a, it is all about Andrew Jackson's um, presidency. And, Populism, yeah, yeah. In a less... Friendly. Friendly way than Hamilton. Um, but they, like, really just do, like, shine the light on all the ugly shit that Andrew Jackson did in a really great way. And one of the lines in... there's There is a song called Populism, Yeah, Yeah, and it's... Uh, there's several lines in that song that are really good, but one of them is... Um, we're gonna take the land back from the Indians, we're gonna take the land back from the French, the Spanish and other people from other different countries. And the last line of that verse is, I'm pretty sure it's our land anyway. Like, there's just <laughs> that kind of, that kind of- is it, Don't we already own this? Like, what? it's ours, right? Like, that kind of mentality was like a thing, like an actual thing that people had back then. So to like, see it acknowledged even in this really bad movie is, it was a good joke. It was a good laugh because that's genuinely how people thought back then. Um, and forgive me if I'm wrong, was, was Jackson president during this movie? I don't know, let's find out. I, I don't know when Jackson was president. Uh, back in the 1800s. Yeah, thank you. James, was it 1832? I don't, that would be 50 years prior to this movie. Uh, 29 to 37. 1829 to 1837, so, so 50 years prior to the movie. When was this movie? 1882. 1882. I thought it was 1832. Yeah, no. 1882. But I was right that he was president in 1832. Yeah. Andrew Jackson Woo. was president before trains. Woo. <laughs> um. All right. That ancient fuck. Uh, we get to the whole showdown of the couples, and we'll kind of wrap it up there, because I'm about halfway through my notes, Um, where they run into... Foy and Luis and Anna and Albert, they run into each other at the fair. And uh, all I'll say is Neil Patrick Harris is just so good at everything. He's really talented. And that includes being a mustached... Douchebag. Douchebag. He's so good. And it's just... it. It's honestly... There are enjoyable things in this movie. Notably, are, Neil Patrick Harris. There are good things in this movie. Neil Patrick Harris and Sarah Silverman are two of them. Yeah? Giovanni's good, too, but that's my personal preference. He's all right. He didn't stand out enough for me. And in this shit show, you gotta stand out like a shiny turd instead of a... I think the, th the point of his character, though, is to be so anti... Like the cowboy or the hero because even in your typical westerns you're old but you already have like, that with albert Make no 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 no, no 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 he's already the support cast giovanni's character eddie is already support cast 
So he can't be the hero, right? Mm -hmm. But even in other old Westerns, your support characters are still heroes in their own right. Eddie simply isn't that. He's always the bystander. He's always really closed down, really soft-spoken. He doesn't want to get involved in anything. He's really polite. He is so the antithesis of the Wild West that you watch it and you want him to be Albert because he's so the opposite of anything Western. Which makes it all the more funny that he's not the main character and he's much more likable than Albert is. And he can hold a relationship down. Your preferences are as dumb as Studio Ghibli. On that note, that's episode one. Join us again if you want to suffer with me through more of episode two.